Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening, leaving a review, and sharing the show with your friends. Apologies for the delay in bringing you this newest episode of the podcast. If you've ever had a bulging disc, you probably know that it can be painful and a little debilitating, but I'm glad it's all looking better now. I've had a number of really severe health problems over the years with my back involved. About eight years back, I had a centrally herniated disc, causing me agonizing severe pain, severely limiting my ability to walk. I could walk, but it would take me about an hour to go one block and back, and the whole time it was excessively painful. It's hard for me to even talk about times like that. The good news is, one day, I was walking with an ex-girlfriend not far from where I live now, and I passed by an old man who looked to be in his 80s, wearing a Christian minister's garb. He spoke to me and asked, Son, what's wrong? And without wanting to get into it, I just said, It's complicated. And he nodded understandingly. May I heal you? He asked me, and I shrugged. He stuck out both hands as if to transfer an energy for just a moment, closing his eyes, and then opened them, smiled and nodded. I kept walking, thinking to myself, what a weirdo, what was that about? This was years before I heard any similar story from anyone else, and I assumed things like this, Christian faith healers, were always a scam. Much to my surprise, apparently there was something to it. After the walk, I took a nap, and when I woke up from the nap, my constant chronic pain was gone. I walked around, testing it out, Movements that previously had sent agonizing bolts down my spine now were normal. When I pushed to bend too far, I could feel the pain again, or if I pushed it too far, but from that moment for the next year, at least I was fine. I wish it stayed that way because apparently it requires booster doses, and I'm not sure how I'd go about finding a preacher who's now probably into his 90s. It was at the corner of Bloor and Lansdowne in Toronto, if anyone can send some info. In this episode, I'll bring you more stories like that from different people who have gotten in touch with me from across Canada. You'll hear from Christine, Carol, and Margot. Last episode, Supernatural Animal Experiences, Christine shared a number of psychic stories about ghost cats, dogs, and more. Go back and have a listen if you missed that episode. This next story started off talking again about the spiritual connection to animals. This time, an animal I feel drawn to myself, the snake. I spoke to Christine over the phone from Winnipeg. I had another reading with this lady who is a meditator, and she had, like, apparently, I I was seeing snakes all wrapped around her, and the snakes told me that they would protect her aura when she was meditating. And she was, like, shocked. She said, yeah, I used to own and breed snakes. And they, like, provided me my livelihood for so many years of my life. She said one time when she was meditating, one of the snakes had actually, like, wrapped itself around her. And she opened her eyes because she kept seeing a snake, like, right in front of her face. And she didn't sort of realize that the snake was there. And she said she opened her eyes and the snake was right in front of her face looking at her. She hadn't had snakes for years, but the snakes energetically were still around her, like telling 
us, but they were there to protect her when she meditated, almost as if they were like protecting her field, you know? When you say snake and meditation, it immediately makes me think of kundalini yoga. And one of the issues with kundalini yoga, you're discouraged from doing it without having an actual guru, which is incredibly rare. You could try and stimulate your kundalini, but it could like break out in all sorts of weird ways and cause all sorts of weird chakra issues. So you're you're not supposed to just ex- experiment with that, I guess. And so it's it's odd that that they have that that ability to kind of shield her energetically. The snake is like her guru. Yeah, it was a really beautiful feeling. You know, like I don't know. There's lots of people who are really afraid of snakes, um, but there's an astrological. So in Vedic astrology, there are two nodes. They're not planets. They're like the shadows that are formed between the axis of, like, they're points where the moon interrupts the sun's view of the earth, and they're called Rahu and Ketu. Um, in Vedic astrology. And so they say like, if a person has the moon, which is a planet that um, is a symbol of the mind conjunct with these Rahu or Ketu, like the snakes can become allies to them. Like I have my moon and Rahu together. So I've always loved snakes. Like I've always been really, really drawn to them. And so it was neat through this woman to be able to like hear how they communicate. The snake kind of conveyed that they don't get close to many people. It takes a lot for a snake to be able to trust a person. Because lots of people are afraid of them, they get hurt. With anyone who works on the body, like say chiropractors, massage therapists, you know, anyone who touches the body for an extended period of time will ultimately start getting downloads or like start to understand from the bioenergetic field or the aura that if you breathe deeply, you will help. If you, you know, touch certain points, you will help, right? So they'll start, you know, you'll start to begin to understand the field. It's like a siddhi that the field gives you, but then they're not trained, right? They don't have any theory mm-hmm. or practical training and so then people start making up all of these different modalities some of them good some of them helpful some of them not so helpful because it's like somebody stumbling upon gold and then carting it off and and distributing it without knowing how it's like imagine if you found gold or platinum but then within the ore there was lead Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you didn't know right. and you didn't know to take the lead out and you didn't know to even recognize the signs of the lead poisoning from touching the gold. Beautiful analogy. Perfect. And so, you know, it was interesting. Like, um, oh, I can't remember the name of this system right now. I, I'm not going to remember, but there was a system of working on the field that was discovered by a chiropractor. It was really popular just for a couple of years, like around 2014. And it was like a three level training and it was all about networking fields together. Right. So I have a client who also does energy work on people and she came to me and I was touching her crown and I was like, okay, what I'm seeing right now is that you worked on this woman. Like I I told her the name of the woman. She is doing a particular healing modality 
that came from, this is going to sound really weird, but that came from, you know, beings that want to learn how to um, drain energy from humans, right? Like they weren't aliens or something. They were like, they were dead or, or like they were, hmm, what would I call them? They were beings, right? They were just like how there are deities or there are demons or there are spirit guides or there are angels. They were beings okay. that were trying to figure out how to like draw energy out of the human field. So I put my hand on my client's crown and I was like, you just worked with this lady who does this particular modality. And what she doesn't know is there's becoming a network made like a web, like a spider web, right? between all of the people that she's working on where like their fields are being connected together so that these beings who introduced this modality to this chiropractor can sap energy out of all of the people who are touched by this modality. And I know this will probably sound crazy to a lot of people, but just, uh, you know, my two cents, I've spoken with a number of people who have done um, yoga or energy work and quite a number of them have reflected upon, you know, there being beings who can exist like on an energetic level and that can tap into people's energy like that. Yeah, and so their their motives weren't the highest and best, right? And so I said, you have to tell this woman that this modality that she's doing is dangerous and like she doesn't know. Like it's not prophesized out there that everyone who is taking this training is doing this. So she ought to know. You know, and so that that client of mine then went back and told this woman, you know, this modality that you're using is potentially dangerous. And I got three people in one week where I put my hands on their head and I was like, have you had this modality done to you? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. So can I disconnect you from it? Wow. <laughs> you know? There's Reiki, and then they came up with this violet flame Reiki, which is basically like learning how to activate your heart chakra for the purpose of healing people, right? So I, I asked my friend who does all my Reiki initiations for me, can you initiate me in this? And she said, okay, well, I'll, I'll give you the initiation as a download. When you sit and meditate, you'll get it. You know, uh, she lives in Ontario and I went to bed early. So she said, you know, I'm going to be able to do this at midnight. You'll wake up in the morning or whenever and meditate and you'll get the download. So wake up in the morning at six and what I see is this big huge angel standing in front of me with a ball in his hand and I was like who are you and he said Metatron Metatron Metatron, Metatron. And I was like what <laughs> and um he hands me the ball and I'm like bro I don't really know who you are <laughs> like this is creepy right so I text my friend and I'm like who the hell's Metatron and she was like oh did he come to you with a sphere? And I was like, yeah. And she said, oh, well, that's, I used Metatron. Like Metatron is the angel who gave this, this violent frame Reiki to earth. So take the download, like take the sphere from him. It's like, okay. You know? And I was like, do you know that Metatron is really an angel? And she was like, yeah, well look it up in the, you know, like look it up online. You'll see that he's one of the archangels. It was like a weird symbol behind him mm -hmm. that I never saw before. And then I started like Googling, you know, Metatron and I saw the same symbol behind him that I saw when he came to me. Right. Like, it's weird. You know, I've never actually talked about a lot of these types of things with anyone. But um, there is an example of a being coming to Earth to give humans teaching. But with this other modality that the chiropractor had discovered, these were just greedy beings who wanted power 
right? So they went to a chiropractor, chiropractor didn't, I don't think he even said that beings came to him. I think he thought that he thought of the, the modality, right? Like it was just an idea that came in his head. But here again, we have an example of someone who doesn't have discernment, right? He doesn't have a spiritual background to understand what he is receiving. You know, I'm not a person who believes in aliens because that would be a little extra. <laughs> um, I like, I'm just like, God, please don't make me need to see that if it's there. I too have been guilty, like many people, of being afraid of snakes. It's interesting that the symbol for doctors and hospitals is the caduceus with the snake wrapped around it. It's also no coincidence that many people are afraid of a visit to the doctor, and if something that commonplace can be a source of fear, is it any wonder that things like energy healing, psychic healing, and the like can frighten many people? I wanted to address that fear and acknowledge the need for caution and discipline and respect when approaching energetic healing as a concept much like you would traditional medicine. It seems that, by and large, people think that if it's energy healing, it must be harmless. Take, for instance, acupuncture which has become commonplace nowadays. Its origins come from the practice of the manipulation of qi, and though studies have attempted to debunk acupuncture, there can be seemingly positive results. In my case, my one experience with acupuncture turned into a nightmare, when only minutes after receiving the treatment, I collapsed and became temporarily paralyzed. I was suffering from lingering Guillain-Barre syndrome, and it had been an experiment to see if the acupuncture could be administered, but I soon found out that it was not for me. Anyways, I could probably talk all day about these sorts of stories, but maybe that's for another podcast. Next, how about a true story of a time that an illness luckily did not turn out to be the danger it first seemed? Basically what happened was in first year of law school, after the Christmas break, I was feeling really sick in January not feeling well, really low energy, like, just constantly tired all the time. So I went to the doctor. She said, there seems to be something off with your heart, something off with your heart, something off with your heart, something off with your heart. She's going to have to do tests, right? I had to do all these tests. Now I found out I had this thing called mitral valve prolapse. I mean, it's not a serious issue, but basically, well, actually, it's a serious issue. I mean, it's not like cancer or anything, but it's still quite a significant issue, and like you have a twenty percent mortality rate in the general population, etc. So then, I had to go back in Toronto to do checkups in July. So I went to Toronto General, and when they did the thing there, they found out I didn't have it anymore. Like, I can't help but think that that was some sort of miraculous. I don't know what to say caused it, but I can't help but feel there's something miraculous about it. Did you notice before you went back to the doctor that the symptoms had sort of resolved? No, I honestly didn't. At a certain point, when you've been told you have it and you're so worried about it, you're not likely 
to notice if you've gotten better, you're more likely to doubt because you don't want to give yourself some kind of um, a false hope or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just because I feel like it's it's a really nice um, kind of hopeful message, especially around the holidays. Yes. I guess you can tell that my conversation with Margot was recorded quite a while ago. It can take me a long time to edit and put together stories for the show to put out whole episodes. Here's another story from last year when I spoke to Carol over the phone from Halifax. I'm a baptized Latter-day Saint, actually. So I'm a Mormon. So we believe in blessing people, right? We lay hands on people and they say blessing. It's kind of the same idea as faith healing of, of sorts, I guess. I'm skeptical, you know, as well, actually. I had spine tap done. You know, I was in a lot of pain, like, and I mean a lot, and I was on pain medication, like heavy pain medication, Percocet. You know, they offered to give me a blessing, and at the time I was fairly new to it, a convert, and, and okay, well, I don't know how much I actually believe in this, so I don't know if this is going to work for me or not. At this point, I'm pretty desperate. I'm in a lot of pain. I'm willing to, you know, maybe try something that might be out of my realm of knowledge and, and see if it helps. And so they sat there and they did the blessing and they laid the hands, they did the oil stuff. The next day I woke up and I, and I was like, oh, I feel a little bit better. As the day progressed, I was like, oh, I, I, feel, I feel like everything's relaxing. My neck isn't sore. I, I can move my head and I can get up and down without having to be assisted. And I dropped something on the floor and I bent over and picked it up. And I couldn't do that before. I had to have assistance to do that. And then by the end of the week, that was probably four days later, at the end of the week, I was fine and I felt fine. And, and I, like I was having fevers and everything. Like it was bad. I didn't have any of that. And I was like, either my body just all of a sudden decided that it had enough and, and fought it off or something happened there. To remain skeptical for the people listening to this show who think bullshit. There's no way. Let's even follow up on that idea of it being mind over matter or some kind of an effect. Because if you look at placebo, if you research it for people listening, there's biological processes with the placebo that aren't really that well understood, but that are real, that are happening. And what if the suggestion from this person that I heal is a very strong suggestion, even if consciously I think this guy's a con artist and I don't buy it, unconsciously, there is still, he has this healer outfit, an authority as a religious person, and he's old, so he's kind of trustworthy, and he's saying, you know, heal yourself, I'll heal you. And so on a some subconscious level, I could be taking that in. My body could be interpreting that as a message to lower some inflammation, lower some pain signal, stop a muscle spasming, etc. But it also could be on some totally different level shamanic work or curanderos and they talk about energy transfer being able to take someone's negative energy transfer it into themselves you don't have to believe you don't have to believe that it's into the energy transfer or anything but you do on some level have to believe that this is going to help you know your brain your brain is responsible for everything there's so much to the brain that we don't even know everything about it and how it works Either way, I'm okay with whatever you think it is because if it helps you, I'm okay with that. 
I think of energy transfer. For me, you know, that's how I see it. You know, I do stone and crystal healing, right? And, and so it's almost the same idea. I don't really necessarily say prayers, but I believe in energy transfer. Call it what you want or, or do it how you will. It's relatively the same idea as far as I'm concerned. And, and I think that human beings are, are capable of transferring, if they have the will to, to heal somebody, to transfer that energy to somebody and, and, and help them. But for me, I know personally it comes at a bit of a cost. You know, I get drained from that kind of thing. For everything you give, you lose a little bit. Arthur C. Clarke said that any technology sufficiently advanced would appear as magic to a less advanced civilization. And as advanced as our technology is, biology is just infinitely more advanced than technology. It's the most advanced thing there is, is our brain, compared to any computer, compared to anything else. You know, the ancient Egyptian gods, the Greek gods, that was before science, you know, modern-day science has explained away a lot of how that happened. But the, the mythologies and stuff, they existed because people will make up the story in order to satisfy, to explain how things are happening. So it's magic to them. It's magic because they can't conceive of how else it could have possibly happened. It's beyond their understanding. So it's magic at that point. To people today, I said, I believe what I believe in spiritually. And if, by chance, something scientific proves fact that, that this is how it works, then I'll, I'll go to the science. But until then, I believe in magic, you know, because it's beyond my comprehension. I haven't actually been to church in, in a few years now. Once in a while, I'll, I'll come by, you know, the missionaries or something and... and if I'm having a hard day, like some days, I'll, I'll, I'll actually point blank ask them for a blessing, and they will give it, and, 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 it will, and I will feel better. I, I, so I believe in the power of that. I give stones out regularly to people, and, and, and sometimes there'll be random people, and sometimes there'll be people I know. And, uh, but I'll have a conversation with them, and I'll go home, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, this person needs this stone, and I'll take it to them, and I'll tell them. And they'll do that, and they'll come back, oh my God, that works. Why does it work? It could be the brain is thinking, oh my gosh, this is a cure. This is going to help me. I'm going to be better, and, and it gets better. There was another story I was supposed to include in this episode at the end. But when it came time for the phone interview, they dropped out of touch. Often, I'll be talking to someone for weeks or months, up to a year, before they agree to go on the show. And just as often, they'll change their mind and not do it in the last minute. As you can imagine, finding these kinds of stories has been difficult, and it's taken more than a year to put together this episode, with quite a few dead ends. I'd love to bring you more episodes related to healing, so please get in touch if you have your own story to share or know someone else who does. You can send a message at www.supernaturalstories.ca. There's a lot to discuss. Science knows very little about all the ways the body works to heal itself, or things like the placebo effect. Occasionally, scientists have investigated what seem like supernatural aspects of mind over matter or extreme healing ability. One person that always comes up in conversations I have about what things are possible or impossible is Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F, a.k.a. the Iceman. You can find documentaries about him online very easily. He's a many times over Guinness record holder for his seemingly inhuman ability to withstand cold. He has submerged his body into ice water for an hour and 44 minutes and climbed Mount Everest 
numerous times without oxygen tanks or even wearing clothing other than shorts. If you did not see it with your own eyes, you would never believe it was possible. One of the most remarkable things he's done was a project where doctors studied his ability to withstand poisoning. He was given a toxin that should have caused his body to break out with rashes, but he was able to somehow control his immune system and alter its response. But then he even trained others to do this. The body's ability to heal and withstand abuse is truly exceptional, and as science learns more through experiments like this, perhaps some of the abilities to heal, whether through energy transfer or prayer or other forms, will be understood one day as natural. Remember, this show's free, but it's much more difficult to make than the average podcast. It's not just me sharing my opinions or even my own crazy stories. I have to research and interview people across Canada. There are costs associated with making a show like this, so if you want to keep listening and can afford to help make the show, you can send payments of as little as you'd like or as much as you'd like directly to me to keep it going. Visit www.patreon.com supernaturalstories, all one word, and you'll see there are some rewards and things like that for certain pledges, but that's not what it's about. If you can take the time to support alternative media like this, then hopefully this show can succeed in bringing unvarnished accounts of the supernatural instead of going for cheap thrills or trying to make bank off of murders and quote-unquote true crime, like many podcasters who also cover the paranormal. If you appreciate the show, you can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, as well as Google or wherever else you listen. But if you want to get the show out there so that it reaches more people and more stories, just share it with your friends and co-workers and bus drivers and such. They can go to www.supernaturalstories.ca to find links to the show on different podcast platforms and click follow to see posts about upcoming episodes and the like. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. Music featured in this episode was by Westy Reflector with Words of Peace, Rescue Sleeping Giant with Songs for a Sad Guitar, Goddess with Death by Owls, and Greek Judas with Why I Smoke Cocaine. The rest were original tracks composed by myself. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google or Facebook if you like the show. I appreciate it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. And if you'd like to contribute a dollar per month or more to this independent podcast, go to patreon.com slash supernatural stories. Till next time. Apologies for the delay. <coughs> <laughs>